I roll with you, Neil, whatever. Whatever. No, not on this one, Michael. On this one, you're on your own. You figure this is the best thing to do? That this is the best thing to do? I got plans I'm going away after, so for me, the reward is maybe worth the stretch. But Elaine takes good care of you, you got plenty put away, you got T-bonds, real estate. If I were you, I would be smart. I would cut loose of this. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. My day is 6 a.m. to noon, and I'm not crazy. You're crazy for thinking it takes 24 hours, just like some dude in a cave did 300 years ago. My second day starts at noon and goes till 6 p.m. That's day two. And then the next day is 6 p.m. to midnight. What I've done now is I have changed a manipulated time. Manipulated time, 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 manipulated time. The action is the juice. Yes. Been waiting a whole week to hear your review of the movie Heat. I haven't, well, I haven't gotten there yet, but I have God, discussed. Damn it! I've discussed it at length, but I've still not watched the entire cut. Okay. Well, you got time tonight. <laughs> Let me just pause this thing. <laughs> Fired it up. It's on Netflix. Like it can't get any easier for you to watch the whole movie Heat in one one sitting. Um, yeah, that's Fitz, a machine, and we, uh, we're rolling three wide tonight. This is, this is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Just that I can actually record this in a functional way. Like you said last time, we know just enough technology and gear shit to be able to pull this off. I'm impressed by this. Three quality mics. I know, right? They say a brand on them. Sure. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we're joined tonight by, uh, Dr. Chuck Perry. Uh, the listeners might know, might not. I ref- reference our FFPC teams and all of our uh, fantasy fights pretty often, uh, year to year, um, on this here podcast, on this here station. So uh, excited! He's going to be a, a, a staple on on Action Is the Juice this season, um, and we'll probably do a live broadcast of our FFPC draft just to drive each other and uh crazy trying to do a live uh, recording during a high stakes league You're adding pressure Why right? not? yeah that's Why like not miking up a coach during a game yeah crank it up why not like i mean if you're in for, you know in for a penny in for a pound at this point but uh yeah super glad you guys are, are here to do this um to knock out a couple episodes this week for the uh the patreon listeners uh and the uh the freebies the poories that listen on the on the blowout stream as well um, but yeah, excited for, for Chuck's initial, uh, uh, jump into this exact podcast. He's been on pl- blowout before. If y'all remember, um, heroes and other, uh, other, uh, projects that we've worked on, but, um, this is pretty sweet. Big empty house. I invited y'all over here to try out wrestling moves actually. So <laughs> if y'all don't mind, we can just get to that. Um, but yeah, so this is going to be uh, part two of our uh, our my guys or whatever you want to call it. Just uh, dudes we're high on, dudes we're willing to take uh, above or however you want to say it, lower than ADP, uh, closer to one than ADP suggests. Um, and we do still operate with a little bit of discipline, so we're not trying to jump through rounds or anything. So I kind of structured it by rounds. Uh, rounds four and, are, four and on 
according to ADP at the moment. Um, and I accidentally deleted the list from our one through three <laughs> rounds. So you just have to listen to that episode if you didn't already. I have um, it. Okay, Fitz has it. Perfect. Do you have it in front of you? I have. Uh, well, I have mine. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have mine. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll touch on the guys that uh, we're really into in rounds four and on. I got yours. Yeah, I got yours. Here. You do. Yeah. Okay. You gonna run through them real quick? Yeah, uh, yeah. So Mike had Cooper Cup. And Tyreek Hill and B. John Robinson and C.D. Lamb in the first round. I had Eckler, Chubb, and Pollard. Second round, uh, Mike had Pollard because he was kind of he's kind of on the hook there. Pollard, um, and that would be a Monroe, St. Brown, and Josh Jacobs. But now some people may be having Josh Jacobs in the first round. This was pre-sign. Yeah. Things I had, have changed. Yeah, I had Jacobs as well. We were both kind of on top of that. Um, and Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddell, Joe Mixon. And the third round, Mike, you had Chris Olave, Mark Andrews, Ramondre Stevenson, Jameer Gibbs. Um, I had Olave, Gibbs, and Cooper. So clearly we're very high on Olave and Gibbs. And I'm curious, Chuck, uh, are, how? what do you think about those two guys, Olave and Gibbs, this year? Alave is a huge target for me in the middle to back half of the second. I think there's lots of evidence that his performance last year on a per touch per route basis was elite and one of the best bets as a group uh, of players you can make in their second year is a second year wide receiver. So there's lots of reason to be high on him. Uh, I could not be more high on Jameer Gibbs, particularly in PPR formats. I think in standard formats, I'd, probably am less enthused but in ppr format specifically when you take a running back in the first like the lions did last year they're telling you the plan is to give this guy the rock a lot absolutely now rookie running backs that are drafted that high are going to outperform adp at least second half of the season that's a ticket that usually cashes uh and then sophomore wide receivers specifically i feel like we're almost um, gassing up Garrett Wilson to the point where he's untenable. Like, I'm just like, yeah, what's the win drafting Garrett Wilson that fucking high? Like, with Olave, for some reason, someone people think he's like a bird of a different feather. But I'm like, that's I, same? Same to me? Yeah, the quarterback's certainly not a downgrade, and he's in his second year. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I just don't see... I feel like you can split Olave and Garrett Wilson with like a really like thin razor on expectations for this year, and I don't know why there's a different read on the market from Wilson to Olave. It's like a you know end of the first for Wilson, like somewhere twelve through fifteen, and then Olave is like end of end of second, right? Yeah, I mean, I I think that the pretty easy knee jerk on that one is, of course, Aaron Rodgers coming from Zach Wilson. Um, it's a fairly easy, I mean, I think it's where everybody's just immediately adding it up and considering what he did last year, what Garrett Wilson did last year with Zach Wilson throwing to him. It's pretty mind blowing when you think about it. Yeah. A lot of that production was made on a ton of volume though. He ran Mm -hmm. a ton of routes. Um, and there's reason to believe that with Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett captaining the offense this year, that they're going to play the way that the Packers have played, the way that the Broncos played last year, which is slow. And so the whole bet on Wilson this year is 
a big efficiency spike. And he's probably going to get some of that because, of course, as you mentioned, targets from Aaron Rodgers are thought to be better than from Garrett Wilson. But he's going to have to be a lot more efficient. And he, and he, he could take the second year leap as well. But that's the bet you have to know you're making when you're taking Garrett Wilson at that price. The, the Dalvin thing honestly kind of concerned me. Because it tells me, like, if I'm running that team and I have those wide receivers, Aaron Rodgers, I'm probably investing resources elsewhere, like offensive line or just somewhere across the board. What they're telling me is, like, they really give a shit about the running game. They really give a shit about it. Maybe it's just to cover your ass, like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to have my season upended by having to start, like, Michael Carter or uh, or Izzy uh, Banacanda. But, I don't know, it just seemed like it was a little too in on being worried about the run game on a team where if I was the GM, I'd be like, fuck it. We're not winning or losing because of the run game most weeks. Like it's, it's going to be what Aaron Rodgers is doing with these wide receivers. So that, that does concern me. And then there have been years with Aaron Rodgers offenses where they were extremely run heavy. Yeah. They were getting the ball to the backs and Aaron Jones, a lot of the times um, out of the backfield, but, there were it was just extremely focused on running back production and Matt LaFleur's offense and even previous to that where it was yeah it's Rodgers and he was super efficient and he made it work with Devontae Adams or in some years other dudes but it just I don't know it just felt like they were more run based than people remember at this point I can close my eyes though and still think of Garrett Wilson as you know like prime time Devonte Adams, when you look at it, you like can the yeah. connection. Mm-hmm. You know they're clearly going to have. They showed it in preseason for whatever that's worth, but um, not a ton of uh, competition for targets. I know was it Conklin is the tight end, and then you got Lazard and Lazard brought over as kind of the safety valve just for comfort level, I guess, with Aaron Rodgers. But you know Elijah Moore's not there anymore, and I think Corey Davis didn't he just retire. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not a lot of familiarity beyond those guys. I just I get the feeling that they're it's it's kind of going to be like Devontae Adams. He's going to force feed him. He's already got he he looks to be at that level as a receiver. It's pretty incredible how quickly um he came onto the scene. He never really let up last year. Yeah. I I mean I hope so cuz that's where he's yeah, it's where to buy him at. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I mean, what your your point when you first started talking about this is right on. It's like not too much room elsewhere to go you're not really getting much value no. on him at this point unless he just somehow goes justin jefferson right if he wore number 82 i think he would go in like route late second but he's wearing <laughs> 17 and it's in green right. and he's with the dude that looks like the the alien cartoon from looney tunes playing quarterback like he just looks like a doofus why can't aaron Rodgers ever look cool anymore like say so whatever he's done to his body i'm not a fan of and then his like helmet is like a. It's bizarre. Pop, Pop Warner helmet is just <laughs> very funny. I don't know. It's just a funny look going on. But, um, yeah, so I think we're all on board Alave, especially at that price. He's, you know, discount Garrett Wilson to me. And I think we touched on it last time. Whenever we were talking about Alave is, yeah, you might hate Derek Carr, but Derek Carr's produced some pretty great wide receiver ones mm-hmm. uh, as recently as last year, right? Um, so, I don't know. I'm really in on Olave, um, Ramondre as well, um, and then Gibbs. Rookie running backs that are he might he might be approaching though nothing to gain out of that buy territory. Becoming helium. Yeah, guy. yeah. I just I he's getting up there. Like if he is have mid second 
for Gibbs at some point or early third for Gibbs. Like, what's there to gain out of that <laughs> at I some point? don't see him smashing into, you know, 12, 13 touchdowns, especially the short the short ones that they're going to probably just, you know, get their money's worth out of David Montgomery. I just, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that they're, I mean, again, he's a rookie, and so they're going to use the shit out of him, but uh, they're not going to be idiots either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he, what is he, 190? Yeah, he was like, he, he was a little over 190. Yeah, he's not a very big guy. He didn't, um, he didn't hit whatever that, uh, that weight um, eclipse number was that Devon A. changes couldn't touch. Like one, <laughs> 190. Well, I mean, there's, it depends what number, you can slide the scale and find like bad numbers. Yeah. Right. I think like uh, JJ did a JJ Zacharyson did a podcast on that where he's like, running backs under two hundred five, not a good track record. Running backs under two ten, not a good track record. Um, and you know, I'm not saying the man can't change his body uh, once he gets there, but I mean, if the running back position wasn't day to day getting shittier with Jonathan Taylor, right. Um, and just things happening, guys signing in backfields that you don't want them to sign in. Like, I think Gibbs sits at an appropriate cost in like mid third, and then you're like, yes, please, every time. But if he starts creeping into like late second at that turn, like, man, I just don't know what there's a, there is to gain. I'll still click it because I want to like be along for the ride. And you got that offensive line. You're just like, okay, well, how how bad can this be? Yeah, it's just when the when the upside is already baked in. If you just hit everybody at their ADP and they perform at their ADP, you know what? You don't win. No. You do not win the championship that year. Um, so Gibbs is starting to concern me with how high he's rising, um, uh, specifically in high stakes and sharp leagues. Like FFPC, he is on a fucking rocket ship, man. To Out of, out of our range, we're picking two uh, Friday night in FFPC, and I don't know how we're getting Gibbs. I don't think he's coming back. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, right now, his ADP is middle of the third round, the 305 pick. Yeah. Like, we'll have to take him at the turn if we want to get him mm-hmm. <laughs> around to guys that you're like, wait, what? But, I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, the Lord giveth and taketh away with JT and Josh Jacobs just high-fiving at the door. Oh, I, I cashed in. I was driving to my big money draft, yeah. you know, out in East Texas at the lake house, and uh, they flipped on Sirius XFM and, and I was just, you know, they pipe in Josh Jacobs just signed. I'm like, I'm just clapping. Cause I know I, some, yeah. these dudes are out they're at the lake. Not gonna know. Oh yeah. They're right. They don't know. They're riding jet skis. And I'm like, I pulled up. You sound pretty cool. though. <laughs> Perfect for a fantasy draft <laughs> yeah. that you're serious about. And yeah. so I showed up and I, when we went through it, I remember asking, I'm like, did you guys know that he signed? And I think maybe two of the guys in there actually knew it. Nice. Yeah. So I, Got him for what would you know count to be about mid to late second round value in my auction. So you Juneteenth them. <laughs> got a, information got out just a little bit late for you guys. Y'all, huh? y'all are gonna get it in a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Don't worry, it's coming. Yeah, no, that's fun though. Like that's fair game, right? Yeah, that's of that's one hundred percent fair game. And then I don't know. I, I just think about all the tricks we pull and. Bally League, whenever we used to do it in person, uh-huh. of just like, oh, did you see the news on it? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he? And then people's like spazzing. <laughs> I don't know if it was an ACL or PCL, but it was, it was at least, I don't know, six weeks. It was weeks. definitely a ligament. I don't know which one, though. Yeah. It would just, people would be on the clock and they'd be like, clearly top player available. And we would just be like, 
just loud enough where they can hear, just like, you see what happened? Nine times out of ten, it was when Joe Perales was picking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he starts, he starts flipping his pages yeah. or whatever. He's always or Gary. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, we, I wish we did a... We need to do something in person, or if, even if it's just on like a Zoom call or something with like that. Like, In-person drafts are the best. Yeah, they're very fun. Um, but without further ado, um, we're going to tell you our guys from round four on... Uh, unless, Chuck, you want to tell us some of your first three top 36 pick, pick guys. I know I didn't prep you for that, but if there's dudes in the first three rounds that you're, uh, you're smashing uh, draft on every single time, feel free. It really depends on your draft slot this year and a lot of your league settings. But Tony Pollard is a guy that, as his ADP has risen, I'm I'm, I'm buying the increased prices. If there's a guy from that range of the draft who I would not raise one eyebrow finished as the RB1, it's probably him. Um, and at the same time, I think some of my favorite flyers are whoever else is on the the active roster for the Cowboys at running back because say what you want about Zeke last year and he – clearly had been through the wash cycle a couple times but they still gave him opportunities there's still at least an rb2's worth of opportunities in that backfield so i think there's room for both pollard to massively outperform and rico dowdle or any anyone else who is in that backfield turn the deuce loose Mm -hmm. i couldn't think of nepo baby deuce vaughn (laughs) yeah He's the size of some deuces. I've well, seen. We're both on Pollard too, so uh, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I think that, that's a th- across the board. Yeah, those are the ones that. Uh, the other name that really comes to mind is Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Um, just with the, if everything goes according to plan and that target tree remains extremely concentrated, he's already demonstrated that he can smash. Specifically PPR, yeah. I mean, preferable in PPR, but even even not. Um, Tyreek Hill is over the age apex, and if I could, if I could muse for just a second, the one of the weird things about the first couple rounds to me this year is that it feels much older than in years past. It's as old as I can remember. Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Nick Chubb, Devontae Adams, definitely, Derrick Henry, definitely. These are all players that are over. They're certainly no no longer young, but they're also well past the age apex for their position. And I think one of the macro keys this year is how do you play an older top of the board than we're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, when Jacobs came back, someone was making the case for him to be into first round. And you know, we've known of Josh Jacobs. I think he came in the league when he was twenty, right? So we're like, oh, fourth or fifth year Josh Jacobs. And I'm thinking like, oh, he's one of those guys, right? He's up there with like Eckler and Aaron Jones and, and that crew. And I was like, oh shit, Josh Jacobs is 25. Yeah, he's young. Like compared to these dudes, he's got a lot of tread left. So that, that one kind of stands out to me. Guy that finished his RB1 last year, 25 years old, same coach, obviously different quarterback, but that's that's not substant that's not an offense shifting quarterback right I, I got a middle first round now so yeah so it's that one I don't think we're gonna that's something that happens too that drafting an FFPC leagues and high stakes leagues now and owning dynasty teams over there something that the difference between the biggest difference between high stakes leagues and home leagues or whatever is is how quickly and sharply the market turns FFPC, Josh Jacobs will probably be end of the first pretty quickly. 
whereas he was sitting like third, right? They just, if they have a read on something, they do not hesitate. They're not trying to get like a little bit of cut on ADP, like in win. Thank you so much for listening to Action is the Juice. If you would like to hear the rest of this premium episode, please go to patreon.com slash action is the juice and become a, uh, a member. Sign up for our Patreon and you will get uh, all of our episodes, uh, not just little previews of some of the episodes, our, our rankings as well.